Thank you for the opportunity to be here, and thank you for the prayer and for the, the psalms. I'm, I'm a great uh, lover of the psalms because I think I have a melancholy heart, and they lift me up when I'm down, and they, uh, I feel a real kinship when, uh, with David sometimes when I read them, and so that was beautiful. Um, I'm, I'm glad to be back here in Kentucky. I thought maybe I was going to get to see a little bit of fall, but I understand you've had a drought, so um, we don't get a fall in Ireland. It goes from wet to wetter, and it goes from green to a little bit less green. But um, and they have so many words for rain there that um, while we while we've been here, uh, I think I brought a little bit of the rain with me. And while we've been here, we have gone through soft rain, lashing rain, and wet rain, and those are all terms that they would use in Ireland. We have not seen the rain that is good for only a duck's day, you know. So <laughs> they have so many words for rain. Our daughters and I sat down one time and tried to figure all of them out, and they knew some from school that I didn't know. But it's great to be here, and maybe you will get those colorful leaves anyway. Um, you may be wondering why in the world, if I'm going to talk about hospitality, I would, I would start off with a verse with the verses out of Acts, where it really kind of looks like the apostles are saying, we are so busy, we can't do this lesser job. That's almost how the scripture reads. And um, it, it almost puts hospitality at a lower level, the way it comes out in the scripture. And I, I went back to uh, the concordances, and I went back to the commentaries, and Still, I came up with, that's kind of how it reads. And I thought, well, are you sure, Lord, that's the verses that I'm supposed to go from? And I would be the first to tell you that hospitality is not above sharing the gospel. It's a means of sharing the gospel. It's a complementary means. And so what the disciples are saying is, we're called, they were so compelled, they had, you know, they had seen the resurrected Christ, they were compelled to share the gospel. They didn't want to waste time. But I, I think this scripture elevates the, the gift of hospitality as well, that um, people have needs, they have needs for, for love, they have needs for acceptance, and the church was growing at such a at such a rate that they needed people to, to take care of the needs of people. And so they had this office that they created out of this. Um, we kind of did it backwards. We did the hospitality first and then the sharing of the gospel, but it still works that way too. So um, I could have easily used the passages where Jesus washed the, the disciples' feet. That's, that was a cultural form of hospitality of the time and a very meaningful uh, teaching for the disciples. They fully understood what he was saying to them, or maybe not fully, but as time went on, they did. Or I could have used him doing the barbecue by the Sea of Galilee um, while, they, while they had been out fishing all night. I could have also used the, the nightmare of catering that he had with the 5,000 and the 4,000 that he fed. And so there's so many examples of, cater, of, of hospitality in the Bible that Jesus himself demonstrated. He, he talked about banqueting. He talked about um, providing for people. And 
the Old Testament is full of them as well. Meetings with angels where they were served, uh, you know, food like with Samson's parents and so many more stories could, could show you that Jesus is for hospitality. And he is for the grace that we give to one another. And, and as I look at the gift of hospitality, I want to say it's something that can be cultivated. Uh, it can be a gift and it can also be cultivated. My husband Kelly, who's not here with us to, today, and I think he, I think he, we're, we were double booked, and he's, he's at a conference in Texas, and um, I think he's far better than I am at talking to a group, but he's got the gift of evangelism, and he said, I think you need to talk about hospitality, because that's my gift. And I tend to have more of the helper gifts, and he has the get out there and share the gospel gift. But I, I would say to you, that doesn't let me off the hook for evangelism, nor does it let him off the hook for hospitality. And, and it, that would be the same for any of us. We may not operate first and foremost in a gift, but we're called to, to use the gifts when we are needed to use them. And I believe the grace of God will flow through us, even if we aren't gifted primarily that way. And we've seen that happen so much with our young people um, with our workers, our team workers who come and work with us. There, we have so many different giftings, but the Lord just, just supplies us with what we need. We, um, in Ireland, hospitality is a huge thing. And when we got over there, we had to learn what was hospitality to them because coming from Kentucky, uh, my sister is here, my lovely sister, and she would, she would also tell you that many times growing up in Kentucky, we, we would be sent out the back door to the neighbors to get more potatoes to stretch the meal because we had unexpected guests coming in. That's kind of Kentucky hospitality. My husband, who grew up in Kentucky, kind of came from a family that you called first. So we kind of had, we kind of had to come to a meeting of the minds when we got married because I love that that extra place on the table and there's, there's, no, there's always room for one more and there's no time that you can't have company. And in Ireland, they always give you a cup of tea and they will say, can I get you a cup of tea? And you might say, no, because you really don't want one then. And they'll say, oh, you will. And then, and now in America, we would say, um, no, and no, thank you. And then we would leave them alone for the most part. Unless you're from Kentucky, you might offer it twice. In Ireland, they will keep offering it. They'll put the kettle on. They'll make the tea. They'll push it across the table, and they'll say, you will, you will, you will, until you do. And then, <laughs> and then they do the same thing with the biscuits, you know, the, the tea biscuits. They'll say, you'll have a biscuit. And you'll say, no, really, I'm, I, I won't. You will, you will. And they push them at you, and you do. So um, that's Irish hospitality. They have such warm hospitality that they even have a, a, a saying for stinginess that that person is so stingy they won't even offer you a cup of tea if your belly button is touching your backbone. So they, they expect that cup of tea. And as an American, we would have to remember that if they said no, that meant keep trying, you know. And so when we're dealing with another culture, Whatever it is, whether it's in our church, whether it's in our counseling situations, whether it's in our, in our homes, we need to know what the culture of that person is. We need to know what is hospitality to them. We need to know what love is to them. And uh, I'm so thankful for how the Irish taught us a new hospitality. 
I think the, the disciples, going back to the scripture, I think they laid the groundwork for hospitality being an important thing in the church. In verse 3, they, they make it clear that they weren't just pulling anybody off the street. And it's a good reminder to us in, in, uh, in ministry not to just pull the, the willing body, but to pull somebody who's full of grace and the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 6, they commissioned them. We, I, I thought that was so beautiful. How many times do we really commission the people that we ask to lead certain areas of ministry for us? And, and the disciples set a precedent for that. I think they were showing how important this was rather than lessening what it was. So there's the gift of hospitality, which can be cultivated. And the second thing is the grace of hospitality. If you have a really good host or hostess, you call them gracious. Grace is, is just abounding in hospitality. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you have a lot to give them or whether you have a big place to welcome them into. It matters more about how you welcome them in your heart. And 1 Peter 4, 8 through 9 says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. There's no exceptions. We're all called to hospitality. We're all called to use our gifting to serve other people. 23 years ago, just a little background of our, of our Irish ministry, we were called um, by the Lord to, to um, go over to Ireland. And um, Kelly left a, a job as a CFO of a, of a hospital company, and I, le- I was a stay-at-home mom and um, active in ladies' Bible studies. And we went over there not really knowing what we were supposed to do, but being certain that it wasn't a church plant. Not that, not that we were very much a part of a church over there. All of our workers are active in churches, but we felt the Lord laying it on our heart to do something different. The Ireland, as you probably know, has a very long history of sectarian uh, discord and, and conflict, and so we felt like we were supposed to have a meeting place, and especially for students to come in, it's a very young country, a population, 50% of the population is under the age of 30. And so we, we started, we found an old building and we renovated it and started the coffee shop. And we called it a coffee shop in the, in the beginning. It morphed into a cafe, but not after, until about three years had passed and we had, that we had spent a lot of time playing Monopoly um, in the downtimes because nobody would come in because they thought we were a cult because we weren't identifying ourselves as Catholic or non-Catholic. And we're a very eclectic group, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that later, but our cafe um, is, is called Antabernua, the new well, and we're situated in downtown Galway and in an old medieval city, and the kids don't get lunches in their schools. They don't have cafeterias. So they come downtown to eat lunch, and that, that's a ready way for us to meet and greet them. Um, our group, um, our group is a, a real, it, when I say eclectic, we are. We're Catholics and non-Catholics working together. And we, right now we have about 11 Catholics and uh, 23 non-Catholics, and we're still 
hiring people for the work that we're doing, and we're still having students come over and work with us. And that, that's a moving target, a changing scene. And the only way we can make that work is to keep the main thing the main thing, which is Jesus. So we don't, we don't make a big deal about doctrines other than we have a very open policy that we can ask one another if we have a question about why do you do this or why do you pray this way. And Mike Short, our Irish director, calls, calls us the church of Acts in modern day times because that's kind of what it's like. If, I love reading Paul's letters and Peter's letters about the division among the Jews and the Gentiles coming into the church and the friction that they came, you know, that came about and how they solved that because that's part of what we do as a team. Um, we also have a lot of nationalities working with us. We primarily were Irish and American, and then beyond that we have a lot of Europeans. We have French, Polish, Czech. Um, we have... Northern Irish, which is a different country, for those of you who don't know, and British, we have African, um, Brazilian. I'm probably missing somebody in there, but um, over the years, we've had all, all, different, um, all different denominations uh, of Protestants as well as Catholics, as I said. And, and it, it's an interesting mix that when people come into it, they're more likely to want to know what we have to say. We all go to, to different churches and support the, the local churches as well, and we're active in that. But our ministry is sort of like a parachurch. I used to say unchurch, but then people thought I meant um, we were against church. We're not against church, <laughs> but, but we're, there used to be that un-cola commercial, and this generation doesn't get that, so we are, we are a parachurch ministry. But... God has, has blessed us to give us lots of opportunity to, to be with kids and adults and uh, minister to them. We have counseling services. Uh, we, we see both adults and young people. Our, our two primary counselors have uh, also a family degree and um, working with, with young people. So we can see the whole group, and we do training counselors as well. We have Bible classes we have special events, but a lot of our thrust is, is for young people. Our secret weapon is an American chocolate chip cookie, and they call it an American cookie because it's soft, and they, don't, they can't figure out how we do that. We, we have figured out that we sell uh, over 40,000 of those a year, so it's, it's a popular thing. And um, we use, we use the, the grace of hospitality with the students to be able to get to know them. We, we talk to our team members about being open when they come in, you know, paying attention to them, speaking to them, to all of our customers. If they don't, if something is wrong with the food, you, you give them a free cookie or you, and as well as deal with what's wrong with the food. And we get to know our customers kind of uh, like the, the neighborhood restaurant. And... Um, that's really important, I think, in, in sharing the gospel. We, um, everything that we do, though, is about the gospel. We don't want it to be about the cafe. Uh, we, that's, that's our platform. But if all we're going to do is, is have a good cafe, anybody can run a good cafe. Well, not anybody. We, we do know that. But, but uh, we've, we've worked hard to do that. And, um, but... If, if that's all we're going to have is a good restaurant and we're not going to share Christ, 
we might as well close the doors and come home. And my husband all, all often says, the first time, the first day we don't share the gospel as, as the main focus of our ministry, we and our staff can finish the answer, we close the doors. And we feel very strongly about that. We meet as a team in the morning for devotions and for prayer and for worship and uh, because that, that solidifies us as a group and prepares us for the day. And we're seeing so much fruit there right now. After, um, after a little time of being working with, after a little time of working with the students, we began to get opportunities to go into the schools. They don't have lunches, uh, I mean, they don't have, um, they have religion classes in their school, sorry. And they actually have people come in and teach them, and we were privileged to do that. Then we began full-day retreats where they either come to us or we go to them. And um, as, as time has gone on, we now have one team in the building. We send one team out into outer Galway, and then we have a team in the east near Dublin, and we have a team in the south near Cork, and we're getting ready to open another team. We just hired someone new, and we're looking for the assistant. And then we supplement that with the people from Galway who travel and get some traveling ministry as well. Uh, last year we saw 12,500 students and were able to speak to them about the gospel. This year, um, out of those, over 9,000 made, made a faith commitment that, that they said they wanted to pursue looking into the claims of, of Jesus. We usually do an apologetics for them. Uh, uh, we, we do... A, testimony. One of our people will give their testimony. We do a um, drug and alcohol talk, a purity talk. The teachers ask us for different things. They may ask us to do um, something on bullying, on social media, on suicide, um, all, all different things that they want. We try and, and provide for them while doing it through the gospel. This year, we, we hope to, to see 18,000 kids. That is, I think we're well on the way to that because we've seen a lot just this, this is the first year month of school and we're having four retreats every day. And I think that if we can change the, the youth, we will change a nation. If we can see 18,000 this year, that's a third of the population of the youth in Ireland of the high school youth in Ireland. And we're, we're not naive enough to think that everyone who makes a commitment is, is um, walking out of there full-fledged, you know, for the Lord. But just the fact that in front of their peers, they're making a decision to look at the claims of Jesus is amazing. I, if I could read you this, the... the um, words that we get from the students afterwards, it's amazing what they, what they come away with from what, what we teach them. And then, um, let me see what I have missed here. <laughs> as, as we look at the ministry of hospitality, it is not just um, serving people, but it's also loving people. And I think I, I should say something also. Sometimes we have to have boundaries in that. We have to say, 
okay, Lord, do you want me to do this now? Because, because we get tired. And, I'm, and I think people who are, have the gift of hospitality often overextend. Serving people overextend. And so I want to give you grace that it's okay to say no sometimes. But we have to let the Holy Spirit tell us when that is. For us, we were open Tuesday through Saturday, and then we were active in our church on Sunday, so we were tired. And Monday was our day that uh, we, we had people in our home on Sundays. So by Monday, we would say, that's our day for family. And, and that was never breached unless the Holy Spirit told us to. And there were some Mondays that we had people in our home. And so I don't know what that is for you. People have different levels of need for time away. But it's okay to say no to. But we need to be tuned into the Holy Spirit when he tells us to. So I think there is the, the gift of hospitality. There's the grace of hospitality. There's the ministry of hospitality that will grow. The more we use it, it will grow. And finally, there's the invitation of hospitality. And that literally is an invitation to Christ. That is what it's all about. Romans 1.16 says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And some, some scriptures say first to the Jew and then to the Greek, but when I look up that word, it tells me that to the Jew, when they say, said Greek at that time, they meant Gentile. That's everybody. Jew, Gentile, everybody. We're called, we're called to share a gospel and not be ashamed of it to everybody we meet. Hospitality is an, is an invitation to relationship. It isn't about us having the best church or the best coffee shop or the best counseling center or the best anything. It's about us saying, I'm going to open up myself to you. I'm going to learn who you are. I'm going to learn your culture or your... Um, in America, we have so many cultures, even among our uh, American-born people, but the Lord is bringing nations to us. We don't have to always go out to the nations. And I, I see that happening all over Europe and all over the world. And we need to be good studies of people because people need to know that they matter. It isn't uh, about us even letting them know us except for us to point them to him. That's, that, and we are the hands and feet of Christ. And if we can point them to him, it's, it's the one thing that we're called to do most and foremost. I'd like to think that the people that meet me know that they matter to me. I, I just recently was in a situation where I was, I was serving someone, and they began to tell me a story about something that they read, and I, I honestly didn't want to hear it because it was something that I thought was, was rubbish. And, and I, rather than saying which I wanted to do, um, I, I don't really read that kind of stuff. I don't really you know, and, and kind of put it, pushing it away, I felt the Holy Spirit say, sit down and listen. And I thought, really, I've got this to do? And he said, sit down and listen. And I did. And that gave me an opportunity to, and I began to see that, that what the person was telling me was something that was very troubling to them, and I was able to minister to them. I, I just pray that I am attuned to the Holy Spirit 
We need to be people that listen to God. How, how do we receive people and care for them? Not just in our homes and our churches and our, our programs, but in our hearts. Do, do we look at them and look past them, or do we look at them with our hearts? We don't have to fret that we can't serve every need. We can't fix all their problems, and we're not called to. We don't have all of the answers, and we're not meant to. And I just want to close with, with this thought for you. I, it, to me, it was profound. Last week, I was, I was interviewing a young woman, um, wiser than she knew, um, that is going to come and work with us. And I asked her about something she had filled out on her application where she said the Lord had been teaching her. She said, I love to talk to people, but the Lord has been teaching me to be quiet and to listen more and not to talk as much. And I said, well, tell me about that. How is he teaching you that? And she said, because I want to fix everybody's problem and I want to tell them what they need to do right, you know, and what they need to, how they need to change their life. And I, I have all the answers. And she said, the Holy Spirit one day said to me, you are not all wise. Point them to me. That was when I knew I wanted her to come and work with us because I thought she's wise beyond her years because Jesus says, point them to me. That, that frees me up so much that I don't, have to, I don't have to do it all. He's ready and able to work through me um, as, I, as I talk to people. Kelly often says to our workers, it's not about what Jesus is going to do in you or the Holy Spirit is going to do in you. It's what he's going to do uh, it's not about what he's going to do through you. It's about what he's going to do in you first and then through you. We need to let him work in us and then through us. So if I could just close in a word of prayer. Lord, may we use the grace of hospitality, which is really nothing more than an open heart. Empower us, empower us with your love. Empower us with your Holy Spirit. I don't know the needs of, of each of the people that are here, but I know that there are many cares and worries, and, and maybe for some is, is churches and programs that um, seem to be floundering, or maybe that they, that they want to get off the ground. Give wisdom, Lord. Give your wisdom, because it's all that matters. None of our wisdom is of any worth. Lord, let it be your wisdom, let it be your grace, and let it be your love. Give us love for people that we never thought we would be connected with. Teach us through, the, through those people that we meet, Lord. Thank you for this campus, and I pray blessing upon all that are here and all that come and go through these doors and through these halls. In Jesus' name, amen.